At Bryan Health, we care for patients, educate tomorrow's healthcare providers, motivate our community with fitness and health programs, and collaborate to continually improve how we serve others. That's why we are proud to present another Bryan Health podcast. Here's Melanie Cole. It's estimated that 78 people a day die from overuse of opioids. Use of these drugs has skyrocketed in recent years. My guest today is Dr. Wes Witten. He's an anesthesiologist and a pain management physician with Nebraska Pain Institute. Dr. Witten, welcome to the show. Let's first start with a little lesson. What are opioids and what are they mainly used for? You bet. So thanks so much for having me. So opioids are specialized pain medications. They work on pain receptors that are found primarily throughout the brain and spinal cord. Their purpose is to blunt the brain's perception of pain. So they're very effective tools when they're used for the uh, for this purpose. So their most effective means are for uh, the pain management around surgery. So they've uh, helped with anesthesia and helped open up the field of surgery to be able to allow us to, to do all the wonderful things that uh, we're able to do with modern medicine and the, the surgical arena. Uh, but they have kind of become a problem in the recent history, uh, kind of right around um, the year 2000, was when there was a big emphasis placed on pain management, um, specifically around uh, hospital stays and perioperatively. And one of the initiatives was making pain the fifth vital sign. And so uh, with that, there was a big push to increase uh, pain control. And with that came the increased use and sometimes misuse of opioids. Why are they so addictive? Opioids are addictive uh, because of the way that they work on the brain. They bind to a few different receptors in the brain, and uh, one of those receptors releases uh, feel-good hormones like dopamine. And with that, it releases uh, dopamine as well as other endorphins that give your brain a sense of pleasure and satisfaction. After being on opioids for an extended period of time, the brain becomes used to that uh, extra stimulus and the extra endorphins that are released, and your body uh, gradually stops producing those itself. Therefore, when you stop the, the medication, you get less of the dopamine and those feel-good hormones, and your brain and your body go out seeking uh, more of those, and therefore, uh, the body knows that they get that feeling from opioids and causes it to seek out more opioids. What a great explanation, Dr. Witten. Thank you for explaining that, because people don't truly understand that. So now tell us about some of the short-term and long-term effects of opiates and some of the side effects that people experience and the reason that we're having this segment today. You bet. So uh, with opioids, when you first start taking them, um, there are a lot of side effects that are very common. Uh, they range from mild to, to more severe. Sedation is a common thing with, with opioids. It makes you a little sleepy and also can cause you to be dizzy, can cause nausea and vomiting, as well as constipation. The more dangerous things that we experience with opioids are things like respiratory depression. What that means is that it causes your body to not breathe as much or as frequently as it should. And that's the main reason why uh, there's a risk of death associated with opioids is that if you take too many opioids at one time, then it can cause the body to not breathe uh, as much as it should or potentially not at all, uh, which can ultimately lead to death. After being on opioids for uh, an extended period of time, then the body will develop a physical dependence to them. And that means that your body uh, needs the medication in order to maintain its uh, normal state. And if you stop them abruptly, then uh, you will likely go through withdrawal. And that's why whenever we do stop somebody on opioids, then we taper them down slowly in order to avoid those withdrawal symptoms, which are a sign of physical dependence. 
physical dependence is not the same thing as addiction. Addiction is the psychological component associated with uh, that dependence and with long-term use. Uh, so with that, uh, there always is a, a risk of addiction and uh, also a risk of tolerance. So that's one of the biggest issues that we run into with chronic pain and opioids is that the body will develop a tolerance to opioids. In other words, the medication that you start off on initially doesn't work quite the same as it did when you first started it, and therefore uh, your body will require additional medication. And that's what has, in a roundabout way, led to our opioid epidemic, that uh, we previously didn't think that there was an opioid ceiling, that, you know, if some is good, then more is better. And over time, we found that that's not the case. And now uh, we're taking steps in order to help rectify that. Wow, it certainly is becoming quite the problem in this country. So let's discuss some non-surgical alternatives to opioids for pain management. You're a pain management physician and an anesthesiologist. So speak about some of the other things that you might try instead, before, or you know, after an opioid situation where someone might be using them, then they get off them, but they still have pain to deal with. So talk about some non-surgical alternatives, Dr. Witten. Absolutely. I want to start off by saying that, um, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. And so with that, there are certain conditions that really do need surgery. And so, uh, you know, I want to, I want everybody to know that, you know, there are uh, times when surgery is the best option, and there are times where medications are the best option, and there are times when other interventions are best. And so uh, with my experience as a pain management physician, the number of uh, alternatives that we have available now are greater than uh, there have ever been before, that we have uh, newer medications that are safer, that are non-addictive, that are able to to help manage pain uh, in lieu of opioids, and we can discuss those uh, a little bit later, but uh, with that, the mainstay of, of my treatments involve interventions, and so the interventions that uh, that pain management is able to offer are things like nerve blocks, where we can inject numbing medicine right at the the nerves that are uh, causing the pain, numb them up, and see how that helps their pain. That's one avenue to get pain relief. If the pain relief doesn't last long enough, there are things like radiofrequency ablation, which is a a specialized procedure that's done with a, a special needle, and uh, we essentially zap the nerve that's bothering you, and that can give you uh, several years' worth of pain relief. There also are steroid injections that can help uh, with joint pain or with different spine pain, and so those are very simple uh, procedures where uh, we numb up the skin and insert the needle uh, close to the area that's bothering the patient and administer the steroid medication to help decrease the inflammation and therefore improve their pain. Uh, historically speaking, taking oral steroids, in other words, pills by, uh, by mouth that are steroids, have been able to help with pain. But uh, with that, you require a larger dose of steroids, and it also goes throughout your whole body. Uh, with these procedures, we're able to deposit a more concentrated, smaller dose directly at the area that's bothering the patient. Therefore, they, we minimize the side effects associated with it and maximize the, the pain relief. Additionally, there are different proliferative-type therapies like platelet-rich plasma injections and stem cells, uh, which those have been very effective in treating uh, different pains. Uh, Joint pains are an area where uh, there's probably the best evidence, and that's where you hear of a lot of athletes and people in the news that they go and get uh, platelet-rich plasma. It's also called PRP. They go and get these injections, and 
that it helps them heal faster. And so uh, those are another alternative for uh, a different approach. Additionally, uh, we have things like spinal cord stimulation, where we insert a specialized device that sits right along the backside of the spinal cord. We're able to send electrical signals directly into the spinal cord in order to essentially confuse the pain signal as it's going from the nerve that's bothering you up the spinal cord into the brain. We intercept that pain message, scramble it, and uh, the brain doesn't perceive it as pain anymore. Wow, that was awesome. Dr. Witten, you just explained so many alternatives to opioids. Where do physical therapy, rehabilitation, exercise programs, meditation, even psychotherapy or antidepressants, where do those fit in to this pain management picture? Absolutely. So uh, I like to offer well-rounded therapies that are tailored directly to uh, to the patient's needs and their desires because, again, there's a, there's a time and a place for everything. And with that, uh, I'm a big believer in uh, focusing on what the the patient wants to uh, wants as far as their therapy in order to to get better. Diet and exercise are always uh, a part of that therapy, in the sense that uh, a good diet will will help with your overall health. It it also uh, by avoiding sugar, sugar creates a pro a pro inflammatory state that uh, with increased inflammation you get increased pain. And therefore, um, limiting sugar and having a, a good diet can help there. Exercise helps release those feel-good endorphins that we were talking about that opioids do. So you can create your own exogenous uh, or endogenous. Uh, in other words, uh, create your own hormones that make you feel good and feel better. Uh, so those are, are always important. Uh, things like physical therapy and chiropractic and occupational therapy are all very good therapies that can help uh, in, in their own respect in order to be able to improve the, the patient's overall well-being. And so those are, those are all very important things that, um, that I like to focus on as well. As far as um, some of the, the non-opioid medications um, that, that we offer, there are things like anti-inflammatories um, that are, are very good at helping uh, typically joint pains respond very well to those and are non-addictive. There are other pain medications, and this is an area that uh, I like to focus on whenever I talk with patients about this, is that you know, I prescribe pain medication. Those pain medications, when you go to the pharmacy and pick them up, then it might say that they're a seizure medication or it might say they're an antidepressant. You know, those are kind of overarching categories. That, um, you know, some of these medications are seizure medications. Uh, some of them are antidepressants. But more importantly, uh, in my arena, they are pain medications that help with the patient's pain. What happens with a lot of neuropathic type pain is that the, the nerves themselves uh, are causing the pain and the medications that we give to fix that slow down the conduction of the electrical signals in the nerve. And by slowing that down, then it slows down the, the pain signal and therefore reduces their pain. Well, that same medication may also help someone with a seizure disorder as it slows those, uh, those seizure signals that are being sent and therefore helps their seizures. And so, you know, one thing that I've I've heard a lot of times people say, you know, hey, I, I don't have seizures. I don't need a seizure medicine. I don't want them to cause seizures. Um, same thing with, uh, with antidepressants. They say, I'm not depressed. I don't need an antidepressant. But uh, I think it's really important to focus on the fact that these are, are pain medications that are, are good, non-addictive medications in order to be able to help uh, treat their pain, regardless of the overarching category that they fall under. Dr. Witten, it's such a great segment with such great explanations of all of the options out there. 
What's your best advice? Wrap it up for us with a summary of your best advice to people that are either on opioids and looking for alternatives to pain for pain management or just looking for some help for their pain. You bet. So, uh, in general, you know, everybody experiences pain and typically pain will get better with time and conservative therapy. But typically, uh, you know, a back injury will get better in six weeks. And so there are certain things that um, can help expedite that. And there are certain medications that can make that easier uh, in, the, in the short term. However, if you have severe pain or if you have pain that's lasted longer than three months, you really should uh, seek out your doctor, talk to them about it and see uh, what it is that they can do to help. And again, if these uh, pains are severe or long-lasting, then talk to your doctor about getting in to see a pain specialist in order to be able to, to see what they have to offer. Uh, so pain specialists focus on this all day, every day. This is what I what I treat every patient that walks in the door. Uh, I'm looking at helping their pain and, more importantly, improving their function and improving their quality of life. And so with that, getting in to, to see somebody and uh, you know, looking for other alternatives and uh, also, you know, educating yourself online. There are a lot of good websites that uh, that you're able to find information on pain and pain treatment and um, being able to have a, an intellectual conversation with your uh, provider about uh, different alternatives to be able to uh, treat your pain, improve your life, and be able to get you back doing the things that you want to be doing. Great information. Thank you so much, Dr. Witten, for joining us today. It's even more urgent that people hear about alternatives to opioids for pain management, and you've explained everything so clearly. Thank you again, and a special thank you to our podcast partner, Inpatient Physician Associates. If you'd like more information about healthy living, go to brianhealth.org. That's brianhealth.org. This is Brian Health Podcast. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.